Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you'll need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Save big money and transform your home with new appliances now at Menards. We offer the lowest prices and the largest in-stock appliance selection ready to take home today. Check out top appliance brands, including KitchenAid, Maytag, Whirlpool, Amana, and Criterion. Upgrade your home and save big money on new appliances at Menards. Shop our entire selection of appliance options online today at Menards.com. Save big money at Menards. What's up, you guys? Sean Ross, managing editor, FightfulWrestling.com, FightfulMMA.com, and Fightful.com. This weekend sees a huge UFC 244 show headlined by Masvidal versus Diaz for the BMF Championship. Here to do a little bit of a preview of the betting odds of this show. And uh, we'll make some predictions here. I will be live on YouTube.com slash Fightful right after the show. I will also post that podcast uh, over here on the MMA channel as well. But let's go ahead and talk about uh, UFC 244. Uh, I was on the media call on Monday. was able to talk to Masvidal. Diaz only really fielded like three or four questions and kind of talked through the duration of the time. He had a lot of stuff to get off his chest. But you have Hakeem Dawadu, minus 130 against Julio Arce, a plus 110. I like that fight, as I do the Lyman Good, minus 125 against Chance Ring Counter fight. These are a couple of good fights pretty early on the show. Not a ton of name value there, although Lyman Good uh, did win a Bellator championship, still not like a high-profile fight. Caitlin Chikagan is a minus 155 over Jennifer Maya, a plus 135. Chikagan is a woman who was just right there in the title picture and really, really close to it. But unfortunately for her, lost to Jessica I and was able to rebound and beat Joanne Calderwood. I don't think she's that far away from a title opportunity, but considering how she fights... Uh, I think that the UFC would—I I say they would probably rather have Jennifer Maya, but the thing is, since Jennifer Maya reached the top levels of Invicta, she's also into the scorecards every single time out. Uh, the difference is that Maya has had some trouble making weight, as we saw against Roxanne Modafferi, and during her Invicta championship run, had outstanding fights. Fights of the Knights and Performance of the Knights and things of that nature. Uh, I'm picking Shikagian to win this, but I get the feeling that Maya or the UFC wants Maya to win. I have Good and Dawadu winning the early fights. You also have uh, Jair Rosenstruck against Andre Arlovsky. Andre Arlovsky just keeps hanging around, man. And I, I do I think that Rosenstruck's going to beat him? Yeah, probably. Do I put it past 
Arlovsky to win this? No, I don't. I think he's still got two or three more losses in him before the UFC even thinks about cutting him. Arlovsky's a plus 125. Rosenstruck is a minus 145. And uh, that's a pretty generous line for Arlovsky. We have Brad Tavares, a plus 105 underdog against Edmund Shabazian. You have Makwan Amir Khani, a plus 210 against the minus 250 Shane Burgos. Now, I remember a time just, it doesn't even seem that long ago, but it was 2015 when Makwan Amir Khani was an amazing prospect after that eight second knockout of Andy Ogle. And then he came back and he beat Mike Wilkinson in, uh, I think it was a three round fight. Before that, he had beaten Fulton in under two minutes and lost to Arnold Allen. But the guy's five and one in the UFC. The only problem is, he never fights. This will be his first time fighting more than once in a year than, uh, since uh, 2015. He's had a couple of performances of the nights and has looked really good and really strong. And this is a really underrated fight. This is a fight between a couple guys who are both 5-1 and one in the UFC. Both have really good performances. Both can be exciting. I don't think that line is quite appropriate. I think I would have it a little bit closer for... Makwan Amir Khani, do I think that Burgos will win? Yeah, I kind of do, but Makwan Amir Khani is a little bit better than that plus 210 indicates. I'm shocked that Johnny Walker, minus 150, and Corey Anderson, a plus 130, is on the prelims. Shocked, but this main card is pretty good. You got to go with the momentum of Johnny Walker here. You don't have to. Corey Anderson's really good. Like it, This isn't just like some guy that they're giving Johnny Walker for him to, to roll over. This is Corey freaking Anderson, man. He's won three in a row and at a time just two years ago. Two years ago this week, he had lost to Ovent St. Prue, and it looked like he was done at the top levels of the light heavyweight division. He had lost three of four fights against some top-level guys in OSP, Jimmy Manoa, and Shogun. However, he was able to reel off decision wins over Pat Cummins, Glover Teixeira, Eler Latifi, and a... Oh, decision win over Glover Teixeira and Eler Latifi. Man, even in 2018, were exceptional. And now he's facing Johnny Walker, who we've seen has some just amazing striking. And do I think that Johnny Walker will be able to do the types of things to Corey Anderson that he could against Ledette or Roundtree or even Serkinov? No, not necessarily. I don't think he's going to get put away in under 45 seconds, but we're talking about a guy who's 4-0 in the UFC, if you include Contender Series. Three performance of the Knights, all in under two minutes, and Misha Serkinov is good. Khalil Roundtree is pretty good these days. i got to go with the hot hand, Johnny Walker. And if he win- wins this, then he's 4-0 in under a year in the UFC. That's That's an exceptional opening year in the UFC, and you got to kind of look at things and say, man, Johnny Walker's probably getting that title shot, even over Dom Reyes, if he wins this fight and does it convincingly. Kevin Lee, back at lightweight against Gregor Gillespie. Man, they are not giving him any easy outs here. He got to that championship level, and uh, he's facing a tough guy in Gregor Gillespie. The odds makers, or not the odds makers, the betters have it at minus 165 for Gillespie, plus 145 Kevin Lee. The thing about Gillespie is you know he's got the ability to ride you out and he's got the ability to finish you. 
and he usually finishes you by the end of the second. That's the way all of his UFC fights have went outside of his debut. Uh, He's beating progressively better fighters. Kevin Lee is the best fighter he's ever faced. But, I mean, he's finished Medeiros, Pichel, Rinaldi, Gonzalez, Holbrook, and kind of started slow and steady upon coming to the UFC. But he's in his territory. He's at home again. And this isn't the first time he fought in Utica, uh, I want to say a year and a half ago in June, and he fought in Buffalo at the the card that, that Fightful was out when he got the uh, Performance of the Night bonus. And I mean, the guys fought in Jersey a bunch too, so fighting in front of a hometown crowd isn't exactly anything new for him. Meanwhile, Kevin Lee, just 27 years old, and there was a point two years ago, just two years ago, even after the Ferguson fight, I thought he was one of the big future stars in MMA. Now, he beat Edson Barboza, and that's great. But, man, he got jobbed out by Dos Anjos and Iaquinta and looked bad. Just looked bad, man. He has never seemed like he recovered fully from that Ferguson fight and, and the staph infection that came with it. I'm not saying that he didn't recover from the staph infection. I'm saying that maybe he didn't recover from the situation because before that, I saw him as a guy that was... Even after that, I saw him as a guy who was going to carry the division. Now, I've got this at about... Gillespie, 45% Kevin Lee. Hard for me to bet against Gregor Gillespie there. Blagoy Ivanov, a minus 125 against Derek Lewis, a plus 105. Uh, Very rarely do I ever do a, and I got five on it for somebody who's a plus 105. But when you look at Derek Lewis, he's never out of a fight. He's never out of the fight. If he's sucking wind, he's doubling over. If he's if he's like on his back, can't breathe, doesn't matter. The guy just finds a way to win. And Blagoy Ivanov is is a guy who, despite being two and one in the UFC, hasn't quite, in my estimation, reached the levels in which he should. I thought he was a top level talent when he came in off that insane World Series of Fighting run. And a very good Bellator run, too, to be honest with you. But Derek Lewis has seen better days. He hasn't won since the Volkov fight. But when I, I look at some of the guys he's beaten, like Nganu and Volkov, uh, I think I think both of those guys are better than Ivanov at this point. I think that both of those guys, when they got beat by Derek Lewis, were better. But the thing is, I don't know if Derek Lewis is still that good. And we've been seeing him get finished, man. Yeah, that that's the thing. A lot of people try to ride him out and beat him via decision. That doesn't usually work. You beat Derek Lewis when you apply pressure to him. Look at Junior Dos Santos, Daniel Cormier, Mark Hunt, even Sean Jordan and Matt Mitrione. They they pushed it. They pushed it. Not since early in Derek Lewis's career has just riding it out worked against him. Stephen Wonderboy Thompson minus one thirty. Vicente Luque. A plus 110. I think I got to go with Luque here. He is a much younger fighter. He is on a roll. He's won six in a row. I worry a little bit of the opposite. I worry if he pushes the pressure too much against Wonder Boy. I mean, he he wrote out the decision against Mike Perry in a great fight of the night. That was, that was an awesome fight. But Steven Thompson is so much different. I hate that. I hate how generic it is. Oh, they've never fought anybody like me. But really, Luque hasn't fought anybody like Thompson. And Thompson's fought a lot of guys like Luque. 
I'm still going Lukeway here, and I'm a little bit surprised that a guy who has one win in the last three-plus years, like Steven Thompson, is given the edge here. And he beat Masvidal. That's nice. The win looks even better. But other than that, Thompson hasn't looked great. And the the thing is, he hasn't looked like the guy that we saw in 2015 and 2016. I've got Vicente Lukeway for the upset here. Darren Teal at plus 155 against Kelvin Gastelum at middleweight. Now, here's the thing. Both of these guys were big, big welterweights moving up. Gastelum has Teal's kryptonite wrestling. Got to go with Kelvin Gastelum here. Darren Teal's got to figure out a way to change the course of his career. 26 years old, and we're already looking at him losing back-to-back fights, uh, and that that ain't good. It feels like Tyron Woodley was 10 years ago. It felt, at least feels like it was two years ago. But that fight happened last September, and it's been a slow and steady decline since then. Losing to Masvidal, at least he got a bonus out of it, but I think that Gastelum has him here, and I think that Gastelum has the right tools to beat Darren Teal. Masvidal, minus 165 over Nate Diaz, a plus 145. Uh, This is for the BMF Championship. The Rock is supposed to be in the house. I like these lines right where they are. Pretty close in that regard. I think that Masvidal has what it takes to beat Diaz. These are two guys that you're probably not going to see go out there and wrestle, but if it ends up on the ground, you'll see some grappling exchanges. Masvidal, I think, has more power. I think that I don't want to say that Nate Diaz's striking is more technical because it's not, but it's. I feel like it's more applicable, if that makes any sense. His style is technical for him. It's not technical if you're going to walk into a kickboxing class tomorrow and see somebody teaching another person how to do kickboxing. That's not Nate or Nick Diaz's style. The way that they do things is they they use tactics and angles and footwork and and pressure in ways that are applicable and useful for their particular uh, fight style. And that I appreciate. I, I, I look forward to seeing that all the time out of them. If you get backed up against the cage, against a Diaz, you better be ready to slug your way out. You better be ready to... Uh, Cover up and find an angle out of there because that is a nightmare for anybody facing a Diaz brother. Now, this fight almost didn't happen because of the USADA situation, and I got to applaud Nate Diaz. I really do. Nate Diaz got flagged by USADA for an abnormal, atypical finding, and he is adamant. I don't take anything. I only take supplements. Said that USADA took seven, $800 worth of supplements from him, and he had to go like restock up but that he didn't like this and he wanted to make the UFC sweat and everybody else sweat and say that he didn't need the fight he didn't need any of this and there was a line that stuck out with me he said yeah I'm gonna make millions of dollars for this fight but what does that mean if everybody thinks I'm a cheater I have to sleep with that at night and when you think of the stuff that Nate Diaz has been involved in like the strike force brawl and like him and McGregor and all their stuff and it's like this guy's legacy is important to him and he could have taken the easy route and followed the the trend of a lot of his teammates like Melendez and Shields and done PEDs I don't believe that this guy's on PEDs 
And I admire the fact that he's willing to take a stand like that and say, no, 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 I didn't. And not only didn't I, you're going to tell everybody I didn't. I'm not doing this fight. Do I think that Nate Diaz is difficult to deal with in a lot of situations? Yeah, I do. I think that he always looks out for number one and his legacy. And those are the two most important things to him. And there are some, like when he said that the UFC tried to loophole him back in and say, oh, fight your way back up. I don't blame the UFC for saying that after he lost to McGregor. I'm okay with that. Like it doesn't bother me at all that they wanted him to fight his way back up. Because him fighting his way back up was probably him fighting a guy like Tony Ferguson or somebody like that. But I also understand that he was, at that point, he had beaten Michael Johnson and Conor McGregor and all that stuff. But he took three years off and three prime years at that. Like like 31, 32, and 33 are three crazy years to miss, man. Those are money-making years. But I think he understands that he's going to be able to make money no matter what. And good on Masvidal for getting the opportunity to make this money now. Uh, he flattens Ben Askren, and he's ready. And he, he flattens Darren Teal, and he's ready. Keep in mind, this guy didn't fight at all in 2018. Didn't fight at all. Lost the title eliminator to, to Damian Maya. Lost to Steven Thompson. Wasn't looking great. Came back, won hundred grand for the Darren Teal fight in England. Came back. Just a couple months later, destroyed Ben Askren. Made 50K off of that. off Just off the knockout, by the way. Because uh, his guaranteed payout was $200,000. So we know that the guy has made three hundred and fifty dollars just off of Performance of the Nights. And uh, probably closer to five fifty dollars uh, in disclosed payouts and all that. Plus the Reebok money. He's making bank for this fight. And he should. And he should. Reminder, guys, I will be here Saturday. Uh, Fightful.com. Make sure you guys tune in. Leave us a thumbs up. Help us battle the trolls. Subscribe. We're out. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.